Kathy. Kathy came to me this morning. Come on up. She came to me this morning. She said she had felt the Lord gave her a word of scripture for this past year and this new year. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today anyway. So I'm going to learn to do that now. Okay. Just real briefly, I want to connect with, is your name Janu? But he spoke about being careful in this time. Uh, I, I had a dream the other night that there was a bunch of people. I knew they were intercessors, and we were climbing up Mount Everest. And we had come through a very cloudy area. And all of a sudden, we saw the top of Mount Everest. Oh, boy, we, you know, we're almost there. We're almost there. And several of them started saying, oh, I'm just going to look. I see the top. It's beautiful. I don't think I'm going to climb the rest of the way. Ding, wrong answer. <laughs> if, if you are an intercessor, all, any of you, and you've had troubles, don't give up. You have to push through in these next few months. You've got to pray and pray. And so the key to us is if we are going to keep fighting, we've got to keep fighting. We can't just look at it and say, oh, there it is. No, we've got to fight the good fight and win the race in this. And then this morning, I was getting dressed, getting ready to come, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, turn to Isaiah 26, 1 through 4. And I believe it's a promise for what's coming for us. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He set up walls and ramparts for security. Open the gates <laughs> that the righteous nation, I know we're all praying for our nation, that the righteous nation may enter, the one that remains faithful. The steadfast of mind, you will keep him in perfect peace. Other translation says, he will, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord forever. For in God the Lord, we have an everlasting rock. receive that we do we receive that as a house for this coming year I'm going to condense about 40 45 minutes into about 20 so pray for me <laughs> I don't leave out what needs left out I've already asked the Lord to do what he wants to do and I trust him so we're gonna just we're gonna get something accomplished in about 15 20 minutes The Lord gave me a couple of scriptures this past week that were kind of odd to me at first. And, uh, but as I looked into my, I kind of got a gist of what he was talking about. And they're out of Luke, in fact, both of them are out of Luke 9. And we're not going to spend our time there, but I just want to read those to you. Normally this would be a, uh, when people talk about discipleship, they would they use these verses a lot. But that's not what he had for me. That's not what he was talking about. It says in verse 57 of chapter 9 of Luke, says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to them, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, Foxes have holes, birds have air, and of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. You go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. They're strong words. They are. 
And what I was looking at this week, what I felt like God wanted us to do was to begin to look at this time we're in right now. We're ending a year. It's coming to a close. It's been good. Some of them have probably been challenges for some of us. But the year is closing. And I think, you know, what he was giving me these verses for was maybe pretty plain to most of us. We have really not a lot of purpose. We do not have a lot of purpose in going back. The only purpose I know of to go back that would be really, really be legit would be that we would reach back, remembering those times where we can stir our hearts up so that we can continue to move forward. <laughs> to the goodness of God, the things, the testimonies we heard this morning. And I just want to tell a couple of you, I know some of you are used to speaking up here, and you know, some of you are not used to doing it. Thank you for your courage to bless us to hear about the goodness of God. It builds our faith. We all need to hear these things because they build our faith. We are to, when Jesus, you know, they, this whole mindset, Jesus' response to those who are reaching back and looking back were pretty stark. They were pretty, pretty abrupt. Let the dead bury their own dead. <laughs> let those things that are and have been, let them be. Don't look back. It says if someone put their hand to the plow and then they turn back, they're not fit for the kingdom. That really sounds hard. But what he's saying, what I've heard him say in that was, there is a design that I have set forth for kingdom work. There are things that I've set in place and in motion, and they'll function. But it, call, it, it, it takes your focus to go forward and to not vary to and fro, not looking back to see where you have been, not looking back to see what could have been, leaving things behind, let the dead bury the dead, and you keep moving forward. He says, You're not, you, you don't fit the system that I have set up, the function I have set up. If you're looking back, you don't fit that function that I have set in place. That's serious. He says, but the function I have, if you focus forward and you're moving forward, the kingdom is what? The kingdom is about increase. The kingdom's always moving forward. So how could there be function in the kingdom work for you and I by looking back? It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the function. It doesn't fit how God's designed kingdom function to work. So now we're not going to stay there. We're just leaving. Those were just things he brought up to my mind to kind of stir me into the rest. Let's go to Philippians. <coughs> pretty, pretty, uh, these are common scriptures to those who have been in the, in the kingdom for a while, but in, for those who read and study, and these are, these are verses that we've been in many times. I just want to walk down through them. And just point out a few things for us to begin to be able to let this 2018 to let it behind. Like I said, some good has happened this year. Some more challenging. 
But I think God wants us to, and we've heard probably these kind of messages forever. But it has become very real to me this year for some reason. It's very stirring in me to be able to say, it's gone. 2018 is gone. It was what it was. <laughs> but you're not the focus back there anymore. Your focus is for the future. The past, you know, we are not regenerated and born again for the past. The past, we don't go change the past. We leave it in his hands. If he wants to do something with the past, he can do it to change the future. But it's not for us to do. He has given us a kingdom function, and it is to focus forward, to move forward. So in Philippians 3, I'm going to start at the top. We're not going to stop till we get down around 13, 12, 13, 14, and we're going to kind of end there, and we're going to end in a prophetic act today for us to be able to do the things that I believe God wants us to do with this old year ending and the new year coming. But in first, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it's safe. Beware of dogs. <laughs> Beware of evildoers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Now recognize who he's talking to here. <laughs> he's talking to those who worship in spirit. So he's talking to the regenerated, born-again followers of Christ. That's who he's talking to. You are he, and you are she. For we are of the circle. We are the ones who worship God in spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, here again, we're just remember those words I said before. Let the dead bury the dead. Let that go. And there's, there's connotation to this whole thing about this thing where he just says, we're not those who have confidence in the flesh. We as born-again Christians should know that there is nothing in this life that we can lay hands on that will serve us in the kingdom. Nothing we can lay our hands on in this earth that can serve us in a kingdom fashion. We do the things he's put in our hands to do. We work. We, we make money, we pay, we do, we do, we do. We do all those things that are set in place to do. But those things don't serve the kingdom function. They serve us, and then we serve the kingdom function. But the kingdom function is not tied to the flesh. You understand what I'm, where I'm, what I'm saying with that? We, we have to be tied to some level of this realm because we're here in the flesh. We function every day. But we are the ones who then, with that function, then we are to focus in a forward manner to function kingdom. We're the ones who bring kingdom into the earth. He set himself, he laid us his presence on our shoulders, the priests and the kings. And we walk with that. And we carry that into the earth. He brought it to earth when he came as a baby. And he left it with us, the kingdom function. And he empowers it. He's the head. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, as Paul's saying, now if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Concerning righteousness, for which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. 
All the function that he had in earth, according to the flesh. Oh, it was huge. He was, he was the Pharisee of the Pharisee. He was Jew of Jew. But he said, I laid all that down so that I might know Christ. That I might be able to function in the way he asked me to function. Because without him, I can't function in this earth. What things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of many things, or all things, actually, he says, and count them as rubbish, that I might gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, we all jump and cheer at that, but also know him in his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So let me stop on verse 10 there for a second. The fellowship of his suffering. Being conformed to his death. You know, I used to let that, I used to let that be a real frustration to me because I don't want to suffer. I don't like suffering. I don't like any part of it. It doesn't feel good. doesn't click with my mind. I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm supposed to be moving forward and I'm thinking for the positive manner, how does suffering fit into this? But what I've come to know and come to begin to understand is it what he's saying is, will you be willing to die to anything that I ask you to? It's not a mindset that I just go out and try to die to myself. That is a concept of the kingdom. We must die to ourselves. That's in every day. But it's not a mindset to go out and be, try to become a martyr. It's not a mindset. We're to about a kingdom function that is a positive move in the earth. That's what we're about. But if there's a place in there where we need, he wants us to suffer for his sake, to sacrifice for his sake, and I believe what he's saying there is that, if I ask you to, will you? Always be ready to be able to say, yes, Father, whatever, yes, we don't live in a state of trying to come up with a way to look like we're suffering. And it's hard to put into words what I mean. But that's not where we're to live. We, must, we want to know him in his resurrection. We want to know him in all his power and glory. But to do that, we also have to be able to say, if he says, I need you to do this. But Father, if I do that, that's going to cause me loss. Loss of what? Loss of the flesh? Loss of the stuff I have in this earth? What's going to cost me? What cost me what? Have I not given you everything that you possibly could ever need? <laughs> it's hard to argue with him. Because he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's in him. If we have him, then when he asks us to lay something down, there shouldn't be an argument. Because we can't lose. We can't lose.
I didn't say it would feel good. I said we can't lose. We still are walking in these bodies. Does it feel good to have to lay something down? There are a lot of things I really enjoy in life, a lot of little just goofy little things that I enjoy. And I remember one years and years ago, I loved train memorabilia. You know, old trains, old steam engines. I grew up in an area where that was prominent. I loved that stuff. Just finding something little and original was amazing. I loved it. It was like a treasure hunt. But he told me one time, I want you to sell all that stuff. That hurt me. Because I had gained a bunch of little trinket stuff. And I, I, it, but it hurt me when he said that. Because like, I'll never find that stuff again. Did you have to argue a little bit for a little bit? <laughs> Finally, okay. So I tried. I tried to sell it to like three or four different people that I knew were interested in that kind of stuff. And nobody would buy it. But the funny thing was, all of a sudden I sensed and felt myself not caring about that stuff anymore. And I can honestly tell you, that was probably 15 years ago. And I don't know if I've seen it but once since that. Because I lost the care I had for it. And that was his purpose. There was something about it that I had an inordinate like for that thing. I, I liked that stuff. And there was a pride in it I held up. I liked it. That seems little to anybody else. But to me, he wanted that out of me. So I gave up. I still have the stuff, but I don't even know where it's at. Because I've lost the care about it. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I thought of that this morning. There was something when we were doing singing and some of the worship we were doing. It was such a good thought. Because we are to lay hold of all those things that he has given us. All the kingdom things. All that stuff. We lay hold and we're just seize that stuff. And it says, and Paul says, I seize that stuff. I seize it. But it's because you first seized me. Our response to him is only because he first seized me. And that, that, that is literally a word of, that, you know, when we have uh, this whole area, like I think there's three or four verses, that all the language in the verses in the Greek language have to do exactly with the Grecian games, the sport games that they did. There's three or four verses, and every word in those verses that he uses as like nouns and verbs and stuff all have the exact language, it says, of what, because he was familiar with those games. So when Paul starts talking about that thing of, of, the, of the running and the games and, the, and laying hold and seizing for the prize, they were all out of that attitude that I'm, he understood the sports game that year or those years. He knew what it was. So he used language that they would understand. When we attain something, it is to lay hold just as you would run through and grab the prize. You would run through the tape. You would run through the whatever it is at the finish line. That is the words he's using, that we'll go that hard and that fast. Because when you do that, what happens if you start looking back? You're going to lose. You're going to lose. You can run the race, but if you start looking back, you're going to lose the race. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. The mindset in here is that 
Paul already crossed the line. Okay? Because when we're born again, we've crossed the line. We have run the race. We've crossed the line. But what he's talking to about attaining is the prize that lays before us. This, the goal line is not the prize. You winning the race isn't the prize. The prize lays before you of knowing Christ. Knowing him. Being seized by him. And one day, standing with him in glory. That's, that's the thing that he was moving towards. Being born again, you've won the race. You're not defe- you can't be defeated after that. You may feel like it sometimes, but you can't because in the spirit, you have been born again. And if you have been begotten of him, that's the end of that. It's over. From now on, everything is forward. Why do we get into frustration sometimes about and arguments and churches are formed out of these kind of arguments about losing your salvation? How does that all happen? Because people start looking back. Start looking to where they came from. Did he really save me? I don't even know if he could love me. I don't think he loves me anymore. And we start all these weird scenarios. And today we were going to talk about something totally different. And I'm going to do it in the future sometime. We're going to talk about vain imaginations. I think they're just about as dangerous as offenses. When we build up scenarios in our mind that have no truth behind them, they paralyze us. They destroy us. But we all touch that area. When somebody hurts us, we start building up scenarios in our mind about how we, I read something this past week and it was funny because the person talking about it said that God revealed that to him because they had been hurt. And they said, I kept going back over these things and over these things in my mind, this conversation, and they correct themselves, said, well, it wasn't really a conversation, it was a monologue of how I was correcting them on how they had failed God by hurting me. But that's what it gets into. That, that, that garbage gets into us. We're not talking about that. I'd love to because I really love that stuff. Because it's a place in my life that I've recognized that I've lived most of my life exercising vain imaginations. Mindsets. Let me get back to where I was. We must focus on the prize. I'd written this down. The, the runner doesn't stop to look at what he's already apprehended. You hear that? In life, you're moving along and you've apprehended as you go. You've apprehended. You have already apprehended. Why would you look back at what you've already apprehended? You already apprehended it. Why look back at it? You should be moving forward to the next. He doesn't stop to think of the difficulty. He doesn't stop his race to think of how hard it's been. He keeps going. He keeps going. Because if he stops to think about how hard it's been... He's going to not, he's not going to lose, he's going to lose. Or he doesn't stop to wonder about how much trouble he has met along the way. He just thinks about what's yet to be accomplished. That's, that's where we need to lay down 18 and begin to think about 19. What is it that I have to accomplish? Because I'm in a race. I've won, but now I'm in this thing to where I want to attain. 
I want to attain. I want to reach forward. And it just, he literally says that in those verses. But I press forward in verse 14, I think it is. He says, I press forward, or 15. That word press means I stretch. You've got to think about a runner now because he's talking about a race. He's talking about, he wants you to understand how it looks. When a runner, I'd love, I wish I had it. I wish I had it, you know, down on here where you could see when they stretch forward and they lean forward because they want their chest to hit the wire ahead of the next guy. They stretch. They're literally linked. This, there's a stretching that has to happen in this attaining. Paul says, I see it so clearly that I cannot, I cannot just walk this thing. I have to reach. I'm going to reach forward because there's so much to attain. There's so much to attain. I don't know if anyone, I know we all have our own walk. But if you know, if you ever study Paul's life and see the things that he accomplished and the sufferings he dealt with, he was the man to talk about this stuff. Because he could say, man, I've been shipwrecked. How many times I've been beaten? I've been this and that. I've lost friends. I've lost family. I've lost everything. And yet, he's the one that's also talking about, I'm not looking back. I have nothing to look back for. Everything is for my future. It's to attain the prize that lays ahead of us. In verse 13, one of the, one of the statements he makes there, he says, I, when, I, when he says about I don't look back, it means I neglect the past. I think that's important for us to hear that word. That's what that means. I neglect the past. What is it, what is it when we neglect something? What happens to it? You won't be reattached to it because usually it dies. If you neglect a plant, what happens to it? It dies. You neglect a pet, what happens to it? It dies. If you neglect a relationship, what happens to it? It dies. So when Paul uses this word, it's a strong word and it's a good word to grab a hold of. He said, I don't look back. I neglect the past. I let it die. Because that's what's going to happen to the past if you don't keep revisiting it. If we revisit it, we bring life to it. He said, I neglect it. I just leave it die. Leave it where it lays. We already talked about the stretching to things ahead. And then verse 15, I guess it is. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. As many of us are complete. This is talking about the same as Paul. I have already, those who have already... We've already crossed the line, but now there's an attaining. Because of the race I've run, there's an attaining. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I've won this part of the leg, but now I have so much to attain to. And I'm moving forward. I'm pressing. I'm stretching into that because I know when I touch it and when I have it, it's going to be the greatest glory I've ever known because we'll be in glory with him. But there's a stretching forward, and that's what keeps us going, knowing that there is a prize at the end. There are crowns that he gives us. And then the glory of it, we can take those crowns and lay them back at his feet. <laughs> there is a glory lays ahead. There is an attaining. But he says in verse 15, <coughs> which pulls us all together, let us who have, a, who have apprehended, we've laid hold, we've seized hold of him. Let us have this mind. 
And that connotation of that phrase right there, to have this mind, means we all need to be thinking together on this. This is a, this is a thought, and we all need to be of one mind. And if anything you think otherwise, he says, if, you, if you're not even there yet, if you haven't even got to that place yet where you understand what I'm saying, he says, you will. God will bring you there so that we'll all have the same mind. God will reveal it even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. A mind that recognizes that the forward motion is kingdom motion. Looking back is destructive. Like I said, 18 had some good stuff, but it had some challenges. Let's let it lay down. Let's neglect it. Let's just neglect it. Because we have so much more to move forward to. So much more. So much more. We haven't finished. See, and, and then here again, we've already won. The devil's already been defeated. But we have so much more to attain. Think of this nation. How they've contended. How those Dutch and the men around him and, and, and Apostle Clay and all have, a, have just contended for this nation have spent hours at night awake praying for this nation, contending for it. We have so much more to contend for, so much more to attain before it's all said and done. To be like-minded, the kingdom always moving forward, always increasing. Let's leave 2018 behind, the good and the bad. Let's neglect it. And leave it lay where it lays. If I'm looking back, it impairs my forward motion. I'd like to see anybody. Well, I mean, there's some people that can pretty good at stuff. And I've seen some videos of people can do it pretty good. But it, it's, it's pretty hard to walk forward in a brisk manner, stretching forward and look back at the same time. It's hard. It impairs your movement. It impairs your movement. Got one little thing, and then we're going to just prophetically do an act. I believe that it's already been prepared for us, that although we've talked about this short time, that we are laying down and neglecting the past, and we're moving forward in the future. And I believe he's already prepared a way for you to not worry about looking back. Some of us do. Some of us still want to peep over our shoulder and remember and think of things that we enjoyed. As long as it doesn't wreck, you know, wreck your focus, that's okay. But if it wrecks your focus, it's going to impair you. Psalm 23. It's an awesome psalm. You all know that. Let me run to it quick just so I can do it the way it says it. do this everybody goes oh silence starts to get weird start wondering i should have had it marked how dare me okay in verse six he says surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life 
and I will dwell in the house or in the family of the Lord forever. I believe he's prepared out of his goodness and his mercy. His goodness really is, that's the biggest general term of good you can come up with, that word right there, goodness. It encompasses adverbs, verbs, adjectives. It encompasses everything. It means the wholeness of good. It means health. It means wealth. It means everything good. It's God's goodness. And he follows you with it. It's following you because you're his, because he's seized you. So now his goodness follows you. And his mercy, you know that word mercy is not really the word like we would think of mercy. That word there is more, let me see what I, <laughs> it's so strange. It's, it's actually kindness, his merciful kindness. It's not the mercy we would think of when we hear the word mercy. It's kindness. So he's saying his goodness and his kindness, his merciful kindness follows you all the time, everywhere you go. I remember the first time I saw somebody act that out was Marilyn Hickey. And she, was, she had two people get up and she just told them, you follow me wherever I go. And for the next 10 minutes, she just kept preaching. And they just followed her all over the stage, all up and down the stage, all around, around the building, in and out of the... It, was, it got to be humorous, but it sunk in deep that goodness and kindness will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the family of God forever. That's a good reason why you don't have to ever look back. Because he's got it. Goodness and mercy, goodness and kindness are following you everywhere you go. So why look back? What's back there better than that? His welfare is following you. <laughs> He's not going to let you. He wouldn't tell you to look forward if he was going to let something run up behind you and get you. He's there. <laughs> True. If it's not a moving target, it's hard to follow. God has set you in motion. He's set us in motion. And he's taking care of it. He's put his goodness and his welfare and his merciful kindness behind you. So what is there to fear? Let's lay down 18. Neglect it. Let it die for what it is, what it was, good and bad. It's okay. It has nothing for our future. Our future is 2019. And beyond. What we want to do is I just want, I probably, is just two of us enough, you think? I would have everybody, all the leadership come, but there's just not enough room up here. What we want to do, Junu mentioned this to me last week and more I pondered it. I think it's a good thing. What we want you to do is we want you to come through and we're going to, we're just simply going to sprinkle water on your hands. And let you take a rag up here. We're gonna, we have plenty of rags up here. And we're going to let you wipe your hands off. The past will be gone. And newness will come forward. Actually, there's a slight change. Uh, so instead of wash, uh, wiping your hands, you're just going to let it air dry. Okay? So what we're trying to do is a prophetic act of washing your hands 
free from all demonic cont contamination. So, you know, knowingly or unknowingly, you, uh, you might have exchanged hands or things with others that have brought forth contamination. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, bless the work of my hands, O God. Hands are a vital part of your success. So we are just trying to prophetically uh, do the symbol of, hey, as we are closing this year, let, let your hands be cleansed from all the contamin demonic contamination that you've acquired through exchanging of hands or any, whatever it might be, so that you can start uh, clean in the presence of God. So, um, you know, the, the reason we left it here is let the anointing touch the water. And also, as today, as I was standing there, the Lord told me to sprinkle salt upon it to, to wash away curses from people's hands, uh, unfruitfulness, all need to be wiped away so that you, whatever you touch, would be fruitful and would prosper. So um, I'm going to ask two lines to form this way and that way. What we're going to do is Dan and I are going to just sprinkle water on your hands and then just let it air dry. Just wipe it. Wipe your hands and let it air dry. Um, and then we'll take it from there.